Awesome. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of our Labs Open Office Hour. This week, we are joined by Kelly Shipman, our resident... Um, Man, I guess you kind of you kind of do a lot of little different things, just like everybody else, huh? You got yeah. uh, you just recently finished up your 3ds Max benchmark. Mm-hmm. Um, you have some background in like level design and, and game development in in, in a way, um, which is super cool. It touches my heart. <laughs> um, and so now the the new hotness for you is engine that's where i'm Unreal. spending the past couple of weeks and probably the next couple of months <laughs> awesome awesome and so in what respect what are you doing with unreal engine so i'll be developing a benchmark um kind of like matt did with uh, the adobe suite um, okay a benchmark specifically for um production as opposed to like gameplay benchmark there's a lot of benchmarks that's like you know how well does it run a game? But that's oh, not. Oh sure. Doesn't. It's not the only problems that um, our customers face. Um, so we're going to look at more like importing assets, building um, shaders, or compiling shaders, building lighting, all that kind of stuff that nice. is a pain point in developing something. Awesome. Okay. And I imagine you have some relevant experience with that. A little bit, yeah. Since yeah. I was an environment artist um, in video game industry and did QA before that, yeah, I've worked. Didn't work in Unreal in a professional sense, but okay. I did on my own portfolio pieces and stuff like that. Um, so just as a like artist asset importer type person, I did a lot mm-hmm. of Unreal stuff. Right on. Um, I'm curious um because unreal's i mean it's out other than unity it's like the biggest game development engine it Mm -hmm. seems um what what are what so far what has been your biggest like struggle with it like uh so far the biggest struggle is because it does so much like Mm -hmm. there is virtually not an industry there's virtually not an industry that doesn't use it in some oh, way okay. like um so architects are really big in unreal right now oh yeah um, which is really cool because they can basically allows you to set up like recreate the um your condo or house or whatever it is you're building or an office space hotel you have it created in 3D. You can actually like walk around it in real time, or use VR to like walk around it and see everything. Yeah. Um, you can then set it up so that you can um, like change out materials to be like, well, what if we had this color marble floors instead, or this countertop, and change it all in real time. Um, and then because that's all pretty close to PhotoReal in Unreal sure. already, sure. Um, Unreal has a I guess they call it like an offline renderer, like not a real time rendering, but okay. you can set um, like more uh, rays per pixel and higher resolution than your screen and all this kind of stuff and render out a video that they can then oh. use for marketing stuff or do this massive, you know, 10,000 K um, image for print so they can print out high resolution thing and it's all like using the exact same lighting setup and everything so it everything looks the same 
Um, oh, that's instead super of like cool. setting up something in 3D in uh, Unreal and then having to go to uh, Maya or something to render out a video and like right. it's just all done in one thing. So architecture has oh. been using a lot. Um, uh, some engineers have been using it. Like um, uh, I think Daimler. Daimler? Okay. It sounds right. Um, they actually use it for designing cars. So they'll have engineers with um 3d headsets in a collaborative environment like they're not in the same building even but they're in oh that's cool like they show up in the 3d space and they can like adjust parts of the car and move things around and do all this stuff and that's all happening in unreal yeah is there is there like a physics um, layer or two so that you know wind tunnel kind of thing and whatnot mm-hmm yeah, so I mean, there's already physics built in, but then Unreal has the ability to make your own. Like the source code's basically open. You can right add in anything you want. It's C plus um, plus. They also have their own internal scripting thing called Blueprints, which is a visual uh, scripting mm-hmm. language. Um, so you can there's go to the marketplace on um, Unreal's website, and you can just look at all these different plugins that people have created to add different functionality. You can create right. your own and just do whatever it is you need to do in there which is why a lot of machine learning people have grabbed onto unreal um that's interesting because like like uh autonomous cars they can set up whatever type of environment they want in unreal to have the car drive through and then use that to train their models without having to have a real car driving around um oh wow and then they just import their own like AI code on top of Unreal to do all this training. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, right now, the movie and video industry is just jumping all over Unreal. Like, yeah. like I'm surprised how, like, I knew that they were doing it. But then right. as I've been researching it this past week or two, I'm it's amazed how many people are doing it and what they're doing. It's, it's unbelievable. Right. And so I suppose, I mean, the big, the big one in that space, the virtual production bit is of course the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I've spoken with a few others, um, on the workflow Wednesdays that, that have kind of touched on this a little bit. It seems that there's two kind of two schools of, of how to accomplish the, the virtual production goal. And it's either, either you go, you go crazy big with the, you know, um, the LED wall as mm-hmm. basically a bunch of big, very high resolution monitors, or um, the Matt Matt Workman, uh, mm-hmm. he's the one I know of the most, um, who is doing the green screen style, where mm-hmm. like you have, and, and it's in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, which one are you? You're, I imagine you're exploring the more green screen style. Um, so what I was doing is trying to figure out how they're different, how, like, what kind of harder oh. resources are being utilized differently depending on the different workflows. Sure. Um, in addition to that, there's also um, projector. So, like, using projectors to project onto the wall, that's kind of like a middle oh. ground where you don't need, um, you don't need the LED wall, but you still want something to film against. You can do a projector onto the wall and then film that. Yeah, okay. Um, and then also... Kind of in addition to that is um, AR type stuff, where instead of just a wall, 
they could mm-hmm. add something into the scene like in front of the actors or on the same plane as the actors or whatever um oh. so there's that kind of stuff too which actually happened in the um the gamescom uh video yesterday it was a live um presentation from okay and since gamescom couldn't happen in real life which is normally in germany um they did it all online right so they had their presenter standing on um a green screen stage which was green screen floor and two walls oh just the three things and he stood there and they would have like um stuff happening like different scenes and happening depending on what game they're talking about then they would have like a video screen pop up that would be whoever he's talking to that they would mm-hmm. be calling in but then also they would have stuff on the floor with him like when they kind of like pan up from the floor and right. it was for the announcement of um shadowlands the new world of warcraft expansion oh okay okay um and as they're doing that, there's like the big um, World of Warcraft logo, like kind of protruded from the floor that looks wow. like like a set piece, but it's just a 3D thing as they're panning up because they can just add that in in front That's of so the cool. thing. So there's like all kinds of different stuff you can do. Basically the same thing. Um, wow. As far as hardware is concerned, so far it looks like it's all about the same. like. Doing it on oh, okay. green screen versus on an LED doesn't really take different resources. Interesting. You still have to do the same amount of frames. Um, huh. Yeah, because basically you're going to cap it at whatever the the vi- the camera is shooting at. Okay. So if the camera is oh. 30 FPS or 60 FPS, that's all you want anyways. Okay. Um, and then you're just trying to use as much stuff in the, in the scene as you can put in there. Yeah. Um, because yeah. you you'd think I say I suppose just instinctually I would have thought that running big giant high resolution monitors would take more oomph more resources or or you know better graphics card or what have you to I mean to it will it work okay it will because um, also it's like what what's your final output going to be is it going to be 1080p is it going to be 4k 6k higher sure um, sure those video walls aren't actually that high of resolution. Oh, because they're far enough away that okay. a pixel on there is smaller than a pixel on the sensor, so it doesn't really matter. Um, oh. Or they're shooting it with a shallow depth of field, so that way they're just getting the actor, and then that's all slightly that's blurred, blurred or whatever. Or oh. um, and then Very also, clever. usually on the, the video walls, mm-hmm. what they do is the camera is tracked in 3D, and so it will like basically cut out that section that it will, will be actually filmed, and then everything else gets kind of low resed. So that way, it's just oh. providing light and kind of stuff, and then um, not using as many resources. So there's different tricks, different ways to get around it. Um, it it sounds it's, like it's, some of the same tricks that they do in video games, where like yeah. you're only you're only really rendering what's within the viewport. You know, all the rest of the world doesn't really exist, but what you see in the yeah. box. Yeah, they huh. want enough on the rest of the walls <laughs> to provide reflections and correct lighting and right. all that kind of stuff. So they don't like just drop it to black because then you lose all your light. Oh, then your lighting's all weird. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Um, and I saw fun. this one. Um, it's really cool. I'll have to share it to you 
at some point. I figure out how to share it to you. Oh. It's on this. Well, like not right now. It's on my this Facebook group that's by invite only. And so I, oh. I don't know how to get the video out from there. Oh, and I, I don't see, want to just bring it up on stream right now because I don't know if this guy's allowed to share it oh, too I publicly sure. or not. Um, okay. okay. But basically, they're shooting in um, one of those video caves where it's like walls, ceiling, everything's all oh, sure. LED. It's all like, um, okay. Yeah. And then, but they're, it's like a, um, everything's on fire around them. Like they're standing in the middle of like a giant forest fire type look. Um, sure. So to get that, like the flame coloration change on the actress, um, they actually have, it looked like, like a typical photo or video shoot. They have like that guy with the reflector that's sitting oh, there. Yeah. It uh -huh. looks like that, but it's a giant LED screen that has like wow. the flames going on it. So he's holding it like just behind the camera, but close enough to the actress where like that light is now projecting on her to make it, the fire actually go on there. I was like, this is so cool. Like it's a, that's this little thing in addition to this giant room. And yeah, it's wow. Like, the, what people are doing are amazing. I'm, I'm endlessly fascinated by the creativity of people and, mm -hmm. and how they use tools. Uh, we do have a question from uh, YouTube. Mm -hmm. um, he's asking, how difficult is it to develop a free world interactive games like GTA V? Uh, pretty difficult. <laughs> I imagine so. Um, uh, actually, if you want to kind of get your feet wet with... Um, open world scripting and developing stories and stuff like that that happen based on scripts, I actually recommend checking out um, like Skyrim, Oblivion, those kind of things. Oh, they, um, cause if you do it in Unreal, like you have to like program the entire thing, like coding type programming. Um, right. Whereas um, Skyrim, their editor actually has like a, um, a mission, creator type thing that I can't remember oh. what it's called now. It's been a couple of years since I've messed with it, but like you can set in like, okay, this is the actor I want like the NPC I want. This is the, um, the thing that needs to happen to trigger the next step in the quest. And then once that triggers then teleport the NPC to this location. So when the player gets over there, he's there. And like, it's huh. actually very simple to do in there. And it gives you a good sense of like, how it'll work with that kind of stuff. You can set up all the dialogue in there, including voiceovers and all that kind of stuff. Right on. That's so actually pretty cool okay. to do in there. But if you're to try to do GTA five, like that's that's a lot of work. Well I, I I can only imagine. I mean just look how long it took him to make it, you know? Um it's or why oh, yeah. isn't there a GTA six? Or why hasn't yeah. there been an Elder Scrolls six? Like those games are incredibly complicated. Well and um, um they probably have a couple hundred employees working right. on that like it's a lot of people for a lot of time so you'll have one employee that is like six months working on one side quest you know like right. it's a lot of work i mean like that um uh last of us 2 that just came out yeah oh yeah yeah a lot of people went crazy over this there's this um part in the game where you have to like throw this power cable over a fence and like through a building and stuff to like move power around so you can open up gates or whatever okay and it's this amazing like physics simulation of this 
cable that you can like throw and it's really long and moves around and stuff. And then someone's like, I'm glad you guys appreciate that. I spent like six months trying to do this one scene and it's like a five minute section of the game, you know, like wow. it's yeah. Once you get into some of those higher end things, it's a lot of work. <laughs> and this, that's cool that the, I guess the d- developer or the, the person behind it, like, you know, oh, I yeah. did that. And I saw it on like Twitter. It. That's, yeah. that's got to be. Because everyone was just going woman. crazy, like, oh my God, can you see this? It was mainly like the game dev people were freaking out about it. Like, a lot of the games were probably like, oh, that's cool. But anyone right. in game dev was like, oh my gosh, did you see this? That's hey, what I, we I'm, geek out about. <laughs> I thought similarly. Um, Half-Life, Half-Life 2, the physics in, in that was, I mean, it blew my mind at the time, you yeah. know, the different puzzles and all that stuff was really cool. Well, speaking uh, of Half-Life in um, Alec, Half-Life Alex, that new yeah. one that came out that's a VR, um, there's like this little, there's a whiskey bottle you can pick up and it has fluid in it and you can like move it around and the fluid like sloshes around in the bottle. And it's just like this little throwaway thing and like the game dev Twitter just went crazy and other people are trying to recreate it and doing all this stuff and they're like, Oh my god, this is so cool and but it's just this little little thing that's in there. Yeah. That's super cool. Um I'm I can just see where there'll be a a crossover too where um like a, a, a real actor could interact with the three D objects. You know, mm-hmm. the in, in, in these virtual production um, productions, I guess. I'm yeah. not quite sure the, the vocabulary. Yeah. Um, but, man, that'll be, yeah, I'm really cool. Do you know of any uh, um, interesting projects that you've stumbled across in your research or anything that, that uh, people should check out? Um, not that I can think of. Or some of the ones I've seen are on this private um, Facebook group for virtual production that you have to like okay. apply to join. Apply. Um, yeah. But they had, there was, maybe this was on Twitter, um, where they had actors, um, one's playing guitar, one's dancing, but then they're wearing motion capture suits and then they have next to them um, 3D avatars that are recreating their stuff like oh in real time yeah. just like off to the side um and so like like you're talking about having a real actor interacting with something like it's not that far off you know like uh, yeah that's really neat uh let's see oh we have a, a somewhat general sort of question he's uh cody harrison on youtube is asking uh what led you both to joining puget systems uh you did actually <laughs> me oh and kind of um basically i long story i was in game dev left game dev um was looking for a way to kind of do something related to game dev but not be at a game studio i just wanted out of that at the time there was a lot of you know layoffs and cyclical employment and stuff and i just i it wasn't for me um and then, so I took some time off, found the stream that you did when you're building computers, and oh, you're yeah. like, hey, we're hiring an um, inventory manager. And I was like, well, I can do that. And then when I came and interviewed and found out about labs, it's like, that's what I want to do. And so I came to Puget with the, with the intention of moving to labs at some point. 
and right uh, here I am. That's awesome. My dog's underneath my feet. Hey, who's truly the star of your TLDR videos, by the yeah, way. Uh, I, need to, I need to get my second <laughs> camera back and uh, can have him. Uh, let's we'll see. Have three let's cameras see. next time. Oh, this is a good question. And um, one that I've thought about but never thought to ask. Um, so in video, uh, so I'll just quote the question from, from YouTube. Uh, why, why in video making and game developers use a lot of green color in the background? Why not another color? Maybe you can touch on that. Like green in the background of. I think like he's asking more like, like a green white, screen or like. Yeah, why? Yeah, why green in the in for a green screen rather than yellow or whatnot? Um, well, for that they also use blue screens. Mm -hmm. um, it. I think they use green just because of uh, how green represents on the color chart. Green is more light. Um, so I think it has, it's probably easier to key out than mm. other colors. Um, okay. it's also not a color that is prevalent in the human skin. Um, blues okay. actually are, um, red would, you'd have to key out yeah. the whole head. <laughs> like it would just be bad. <laughs> um, but I'm guessing it's just, um, that's what's easiest, but you will see blue screens and mainly just blue and green. Yeah, that's I, I have noticed that, and I I think yeah, you're probably right there. Where it's just one of those colors that isn't usually uh, naturally present, I suppose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yes, that's pretty cool. Um, I'm curious to know more about what you've learned in video production because it has come up in in previous conversations with um, uh, you know on Workflow Wednesdays. But um, I'm just I'm very curious. Mm -hmm. So. Like, going into the beginning of this benchmark, like I knew um, Mandalorian used LED walls, and I knew um, Edge of Tomorrow, the Tom Hanks, Tom, not Tom, oh, Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, yeah. They yeah, used right. a video wall. Um, theirs was like just like a wall as opposed to a wraparound thing, but they yeah. used that quite a bit um, in that movie. Um, so I knew that there was a few places that were doing that. And I thought that at this point, it was a pretty niche market to use that. And that more people would be doing green screen than um, video walls. Right. But as I've, um, as I've been researching it, there are so many of those video walls or surround like cave scenarios going, being built all over the world. Oh, wow. Weta has one now. Um, there are some people working on a couple of them in Europe. There's a, um, a sound stage in LA. It's like a company that has multiple sound stages that are all these video caves that you can oh, like wow. rent out. That's all they do is they rent out their video caves. Like people all over the place are using these video walls. Um, that's quickly becoming the default. Like huh. much faster than I expected it would be. Why do you think that is? Because I think it would. I feel. I feel like it would be easier and cheaper to just, you know, throw up a bunch of curtains around in a, like in the office, mm -hmm. and then and just do it that way. Um, so it it provides a lot of benefits. Number one, the those are bright enough that they actually shine light onto the set. So oh. all your lighting is mostly taken care of, just okay. by the. 
fact that you're being surrounded by LEDs. Sure. Um, all the lighting colors are correct and all that kind of stuff. Um, the one part it doesn't do well is like, say you're like driving down a road and it's like a, the shadows being cast from the trees as you're driving through, like uh, that okay. stuff's not gonna translate onto you. Um, but then also, um, if you have, say your character's holding a wine glass and you are mm -hmm. doing it on a green screen versus an LED screen, an LED screen, everything is going to distort and perfectly correct through that wine glass because you're using actual light to go through it. If you're to comp that later, you have to like try to chroma key glass, which sucks. And then you're <laughs> gonna have to like distort it slightly to make it look like it's being distorted through the glass. And um, there's just, it provides, somewhat an easier experience much faster experience if you don't have to use green screen because yeah. um, it all just works um, and then the fact that you can iterate really fast like on the fly on set it also gives oh. the actors something to react to that's mm -hmm. what a lot of the people mm -hmm. in Mandalorian were loved was that like they're not just sitting on a green screen trying to act like they're in some alien spaceport. Like they're in oh, that sure. alien spaceport. So like, oh, it gives the actors, you know, a much better feel of what they're doing. Sure. Um, oh, that's yeah. cool. It that's just provides neat. enough benefits that it's worth looking into for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, has there been? Uh, let's see. Oh, the question just popped up. Um. Ever used an NVIDIA Quadro RTX 8000? Ever worked with it? I saw a video of a cinematographer using it and it looked really cool. Mm -hmm. I, I personally have not used one. <laughs> I'm, we've had them around the, the studio, around the office, yeah. but I haven't used it in there. Um, it's basically just RTX 6000 with double the memory. It's the same processor inside and everything. So yeah, if you, um, a lot of cinematographers are using that um, because they want just massive texture sizes and all this mm. kind of stuff, so they need the memory. Okay. Um, and especially since Unreal doesn't do multiple GPUs, um, <gasps> that's the way to, to go. I see. Has there been anything, um, well, I suppose, just let's t kind of take another look at this, is um, what kind of hardware would does uh, does this sort of thing take? Like, is it is it super high end? Is it? Like what? What have you found in that? Um, I've seen people using anything from 2070s to RTX 8000s, like wow. anywhere in okay. between. And again, it depends on what you're trying to do, like mm -hmm. how intensive a scene you have. Um, if you're doing the video walls, some of them need um, will actually have multiple systems, each running different sections of the wall. Okay. Um, and for that, you have to use Quadro because you need this special sync card that will sync all those computers together. Ah, Basically, be okay. one machine. I was going to um, ask how you get how do you get if there's multiple monitors? How do you get them all to? But that yeah, there's a called the I think it's just called the Quadro sync card. They're you know really original, um, but it's like <laughs> like five hundred dollars. You need one for each card, and it basically it connects um, using Ethernet cable 
to each computer. One's the master and it will sync all of their frames exactly. So each frame happens between all those computers happens at the exact same time, which is really important for a video wall because you don't want like you'd have that like um, screen tear kind of. Yeah, screen tearing in your background and be like, what the heck? Um, That'd be funny. So yeah, you'd need if you're trying to do multiple screens, you'd need Quadro. If you're um, if the video wall is like something that's set up to only need one input and it can run it because mm-hmm. it's just kind of a lower resolution, then anything from any RTX card would work. You just want as fast as you can get it to go. Yeah. Or if you're just doing green screen simple projects, you know, 2070 is probably plenty, plenty fine. Oh, right on. Okay. And um, have you found any? Um in the cpu it's hang on let me rephrase this um is it it seems like it tends to be more gpu based yes for yeah for the display will be much more gpu based um on before you get to that point where you have the final product running on the on the screen um you have to import lots of assets, which is a heavily multi-threaded process. So oh, okay. more more cores is better. Um, same sure. thing with compiling shaders or building your lighting. Um, even if it's real time, you still have to build lighting and um, that's all multi-core. So um, oh. it's looking like Threadripper is probably the best solution for that. Right on. Um, technically, if you get, if you're just playing, basically you're playing a game when you're using these video walls because it's just playing the scene as opposed to making any changes oh Um, sure technically a high clock speed would give you more frames but often because you're not trying to hit 30 60 or more frames like you don't Mm -hmm. need more than that okay it's better to sacrifice a few frames per second and gain the the time in all these other tasks beforehand. I see. Okay. Um, is oh, this one is from Gray Tower on Twitch. She says, "Is there a preferred software that you like working with?" Um, my preferred is actually probably 3ds Max. I just Ooh. have a long history with it. I really enjoy okay. modeling in 3ds Max. Probably followed closely by Unreal, just because Unreal gives you the final product yeah um unreal is it's actually a lot of fun to script in their visual scripting language it's pretty cool especially for someone like me who's not a like trained programmer um (laughs) being able to just like put blocks in place and like draw little lines it's like this action then goes to this action it's a lot easier for me to understand um and you can do all kinds of stuff with it it's pretty cool that's cool that's handy uh yeah because i've always had to uh i have some very little actual code experience and uh i always had to kind of visualize or or mind map in that mm-hmm. way like the they they taught us how to do that in on paper or in a flow chart kind of a thing you take these different blocks mm-hmm. and symbols it's neat to that that they took that sort of planning and flow charting in and just this mm-hmm. is how it works now and yeah. that's that's very cool yeah so like in the in the game development world probably in the film world too but i'm not sure um basically the programmers you can they can create their own little blocks mm-hmm. for that scripting language so if there's something that like i as a designer can't do 
I want, I can go to the programmer and be like, hey, can you get me this thing? Then make that. And then now I have that block that I can start using. Oh, um, that's super because cool. Because you can just create them with C++, C++, and then now use it in scripting language. Nice. That's super handy. Um, let's see. Cody Harrison on YouTube, he's asking, how does this software scale with ever-increasing core counts from both Intel and AMD, and to a lesser extent, ARM-based CPUs? Uh, I can't speak to ARM. I don't know um, if that works because I think it's only available on Mac and Windows. I don't know if there's a Linux version. I'm not sure. Um, not to mention, I don't have access to any ARM CPUs. I haven't heard of anyone trying Unreal on ARM, but it okay. does scale really well with multiple cores for okay. development. Yeah. Yeah, and I think maybe Cody came in a little late because you had mentioned just prior about how um, some of the like pre-visualization mm -hmm. tasks that bring assets and, and lighting and all that stuff were, were very heavily CPU and multi-threaded. Yeah. So it makes sense. They definitely um, do like multi-core. That's cool. That is good to know. Um, oh, I'll take this one. Vivek Moore is asking, hey, guys, any plans of restarting custom-built <laughs> gaming laptops? Probably not. Um just a quick quick explanation on that. Um, the the companies that create sort of bare bones laptop solutions um, don't meet our quality standards. I think that's the quickest and easiest answer. Uh, and without without going all the way to up the chain to the people who like actually put them together, um, it's just out of the question. Yeah, we can't really. So, it's hard for us to support them. Because if something's wrong and it's a C the CPU soldered onto the motherboard, like it was, yeah, we have to send it back to them. It's just a, it's not worth <laughs> Clevo. it. Clevo, didn't I, I'm not not calling out anybody in particular, um, but it's it's just yeah. Um, GeoWeb on YouTube is asking, what's more important these days, GPU or CPU? Depends what you're doing. <laughs> if you're, um, and it depends what your current pain points are like if you're doing a lot of um like if you're trying to do a lot of this cinematography stuff and really push the envelope you need a higher gpu like okay the more stuff you throw at it the more it needs um cpu will help in the like the early oh hold on we're, we're skipping so. a little bit hang on Say that last sentence again. I don't remember what I said. <laughs> uh, so, so about the CPU. The CPU um, helps in the early stages of like importing stuff, building lighting, that kind of stuff. Have you found there to be um, any misconceptions in the community in that way? Like, uh, like I know er, a few years back, people were like hardcore dual Xeon for for Premiere, and that doesn't—that's not the case anymore. Is there any any mismatches in, in that sort of sense? And I haven't found? come across anything like that. I think people, well, especially now that Threadripper is taking over because it's so multi-core. Like people are just like, yeah, I'll just do that instead of two CPUs to equal this. Like I'll just get this. Okay. Um, much easier. And so I think that's kind of taken away some of that, like multi CPU thing. People are just. Oh, blast it all. Uh oh. I can get enough cores with one, so. Oh, oh. weird. 
It was it hung for a second and then your sentence finished perfectly. I don't I'm, understand. Might have been having some so many hiccups problems on my side. Oh yeah, mine I, just or said. Me. I just got a, your connection is in state unstable on my so Zoom. So did I. Okay. I did I did hear a few days ago that Zoom like crashed for like four hours uh, a few days back. Yeah. So they I and which makes sense. School is starting, so like hundreds of thousands of people are just cr- trying to smoosh into their thing. <laughs> so um, uh, does oh I, this this might be a little related um does a powerful gpu help with better streaming or a better cpu should be invested in depends what codec you want to use um i'm a fan of nvink so mm-hmm. you'd want a uh a um what's it called nvidia whatever the current generation is not oh, sure that's the, the RTX, next one but the 20 whatever. the 20 series yeah the yeah. 20 series yeah. because that has a dedicated um, in- video encoding chip on it that's really good. Um, oh. You can often get close to what a CPU can do, but then you don't have to mm. use CPU resources while you're trying to run a game. Yeah, so. I always wondered about that, and this is, might be a little off topic, but like, is it is it completely separate? So like, if I'm using NVENC, am I going to get worse gaming quality? Like, I can't do 4K now because I'm using my GPU? Or, like, is it a shared no, a resource, I suppose? Thing. It is, okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and, and it's like, 2060 will perform, like, the same as a 2080 Ti. Like, it won't... It's like the same chip, so like it doesn't matter which of the twenty series cards you have; it's all um, okay. Be the same. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, good one. There you go, uh, Vivek Moore. Right on. Yeah, yeah, Cody Harris Turing. That's what it is. I could not remember. Turing. Ah, that's that right. for the life of me. <laughs> uh, normal video streaming for. As an example, if you're just talking just regular video, like what we're doing here. Um, I'm I'm using a 6700K and a mobile 970. It's a laptop running yeah. this, and I'm I'm doing 1080p at 60fps, and I've dropped 100 and, or 805 frames in 40 minutes. So yeah, if you're not doing uh, you, anything else, then just go with CPU encoding, and it's anything will work. Yeah, you're, if it's just regular video, um, a strong CPU will be fine. I think probably Intel because of QuickSync, maybe? I know that has a thing. Yeah, I'm not sure has... how that works with streaming or not, but yeah. Yeah, I know that I know that it, it helps it... with video editing. Because mm-hmm. this be, well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure exactly how it all works from streaming and, and not, so. Yeah. Uh, how are uh, how are you guys looking forward to the NVIDIA 3000 series? <laughs> yeah. I yeah, have no idea right. what they are, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. I mean, it, new new hardware is always fun, so oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, were, we were talking about that before the stream started. It's like we, in the positions that we're in, um, we get a lot of like behind the curtain sort of look that we don't that we're not supposed to talk about very like we're talking hardcore nda destroy the business kind of thing uh so we always have to be very eh, you know we'll have to wait and see <laughs> and that's enough <laughs> well even that a lot of times the stuff we do get is still like 
this is our target and we don't know like until yeah. we have a piece of hardware in our hand it's everything's rumor and i say that all the time even before even before working here it's 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 all marketing it's all they're like if you look close at the graphs that they show during these announcements and stuff they don't make any sense they're not it, don't mm-hmm. it's all nonsense just just wait and people get into such arguments over bogus numbers that don't mean anything so yeah uh should make the last gen cheaper right <laughs> currently they're not even available so yeah well it's like well yeah but you're still finding 1080 ti's for 500 bucks you yeah. know it's well um, they like they must have like <laughs> discontinued some of the 20 series already because like we're having a hard time getting them and i think we're so. like is that cool are you gonna like yeah i noticed that too with with even the um like the 1660 ti Mm-hmm. It's like near impossible to find. It's like they put it out there, and then eh, we're only going to make a hundred thousand of them, and that's enough. And then mm-hmm. I thought I thought that was going to be a whole other like branch of models and things. And well, yeah. and when the twenty series first came out, they're like, okay, it's launched now, but it was like two months or something before we had like a decent supply coming in, and it's like. So until we can get some relatively reasonably, like, I don't know. I'm excited for it, but also um, on a business perspective, I'm not excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Um, well, this is kind of an interesting question, just a little more esoteric, I suppose. Why do, why do companies keep so secret before uh, releasing any product? Will that stop people from buying the card or they want to build a hype? A uh, couple things. A stuff fluctuates they might not hit what their initial goal is they might have to change some stuff which lead people to getting upset also they want to control the narrative for marketing purposes they want to like this is what it is um so yeah they secrecy is for a lot of different reasons (laughs) the peter molyneux effect yeah (laughs) (laughs) this is why you don't let your uh your uh dev guy talk you gotta to or, uh, to uh or what was he? he was like a designer or something main head designer guy i can't remember yeah. but i just yeah too much too much talk and and hope um mm-hmm. can ruin things the the um no man's sky that debacle uh, yeah that's another one like, too yeah this is what we think we're gonna do but they didn't yeah. do any of it it's now pretty good but that's it's- but that's why you have those buffers of, yeah. of marketing and PR bef- between your design and, and production and things like that is to help spin that narrative a little bit. Yeah. Um, do you think they'll use Samsung as they could not get Fab's base on TSMC or is that just rumor? I have no idea. I didn't even hear about not getting Fab's base on TSMC. And I had. Yeah, that goes no deeper into production than I dive. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I mean, who, there's only a handful of memory makers anyway, so yeah, you can't, you know, you well, can't really go wrong. Anyone that wants more details, John Bach will be on the stream next week. That's right. That's right. Little, little <laughs> teaser. Yeah. So for for some of that new product stuff, um, yeah, John will be the guy to to talk to about that sort of thing. Um, I don't know. It would, would have. Uh, what kind of interesting stuff have you bumped into 
lately in in your new adventure into Unreal? I'm, I'm want to know more. Um, boy, I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I find like it's all so fascinating how how many people are using a game engine for non-game stuff. Like it's. Yeah. Um, I've also found it, okay, here's one thing I think is, I've been dealing with lately that I think is really bizarre. I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, Unreal Engine does not support multiple GPUs. Yeah. Which is weird weird for a couple of reasons. A, multiple games that use Unreal Engine support SLI or NVLink, but the engine doesn't. And then also at the announcement of the 20 series cards, they had this like, the Star Wars um, demo where like they had, mm-hmm. you know, um, the one with all the chrome armor. I can't remember her name. Oh, uh, Phasma. Phasma. Yeah, mm-hmm. Phasma and a couple of stormtroopers like walking down a hallway and all this stuff. And they're like, and this is running on four um, Quadro RTX 6000 or whatever it was. So it's like, huh, they show off stuff all the time that uses multiple. So yeah. to get your game to use multiple video cards you have to get the game ready and then you have to get unreal and nvidia to help you enable it on your game so like they will give you like this different version of unreal that has multiple gpu support and then theoretically the same thing is happening in the the, like movie production space that there's a way to make it work that Unreal has, but they just haven't put it into the main distribution of Unreal at this point. So that's really weird. That's, yeah, that is really weird. So Under- it's, it's led to a lot of confusion in in the video, the like virtual production. People right. are like, oh, we got to do all this, push all these polygons and huge textures. So I'm going to get two 2080 Ti's with an NVLink, and that'll right. be great. And then it doesn't do anything. Weird. Um, so it's it's kind of weird, and they've been saying that they're going to enable it mm-hmm. in the engine or in the editor for a couple of years. Oh wow! Since so we're on Unreal four point two five, which is they've been saying it since after four, which was probably okay. two years ago, I think three years, something like that. They've been there. saying it for a while, but maybe with Unreal five, huh. I don't know. Yeah. Ooh, that was a very cool demo. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Still a lot of questions about that demo, but it was a cool demo. Right. Yeah. There's a lot um, of things they have not clarified yet. <laughs> uh, is Puget Systems dealing with very high-end systems only? I think PC, you guys make a way over budget for normal people. What do you mean by normal people? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a difficult there's a lot of subjectivity to that question or statement um we could we can and often do configure systems that are you know a couple thousand dollars um but then we also have configured systems that are in the five figures you know 10 Mm. 10 plus thousand dollars um it's it's it becomes a question of value right and value is a common it comes down to time how much time are you willing to spend mm-hmm. you, you know um 
because time is money in a quite literal sense. Yeah. And so and um, we constantly review our product line to see what oh, yeah. people are actually buying or not. And mm -hmm. I think the last review when we went over CPUs, because um, I'm in part of the product management team, mm -hmm. um, like the 960, we used to carry that um, yep. until 960. And like over the course of six months, we sold like five of them or something. Like no one was buying them. Yeah. So like our, the people that come to us to buy a computer are looking for like content creation workstations. Like they want the top line. Um, yeah. We just don't get the enthusiast or home shoppers anymore. So we've, that's just kind of shaped what we offer now. So, uh, like, I was uh, on a personal note, I was a little sad that we weren't going to carry like the the thirty six hundred X, but it makes sense. You got to think yeah. that it does because that isn't a powerful enough product for the customers that we serve and yeah. who who come to us um it's it's a combination of that so yeah. and yeah. like the 3600 the you know 9 9400x mm -hmm. um from intel is a really great cpu it's just we don't have anyone wanting to buy it so yeah i don't carry it yep um you know it's like ferrari being over budget for the normal people uh <laughs> um oh dang it i had i i had a, something that i wanted to ask before i got knocked off track um and i'm kind of a space cadet like that um nuts i guess is i'm I, I'll, I'll i'll throw it back to you uh is there anything in particular you'd like to point out or mention um oh like say somebody wants to kind of dabble in this sort of thing at home um mm -hmm. What do you recommend? How do you, um, how do they get started? Where do they go? So well, first of all, Unreal is completely free. Yep. Um, as long as you're not making money off of it. Right. And even then, you have to make like like a million, I think, before yeah, they start taking their piece. Yeah, I don't remember what it is, but like yeah. yeah. Um, so that's completely free. And Unreal itself, because it's a game engine, it's designed to work on several years old worth of hardware like mm -hmm. it doesn't take a lot to run the engine itself and get some basic stuff going you don't have to go you know full mandalorian to kind of get started because <laughs> you can do some pretty um basic models like green sheet of paper and then like make that like a window into a world and then like track Ooh. everything using a webcam. I saw one that the guy was just using, he attached a Vive controller to his cell phone and that was the camera. Right. And just like, was able to move around. Like it doesn't take a whole lot. Like you do, if you just want to dabble with either creating games or making a VR thing, like it doesn't take a whole lot. Um, you might not be able to do ray tracing which is fine. Like, sure. Um, you can do, you can actually do ray tracing. You can enable ray tracing on 10 series cards or older. Um, you're just going to get like five frames a second, <laughs> but it will work. <laughs> um, you could render out a movie like using their offline renderer and sure. render it out slower, but it'll work. Um, but if you just disable ray tracing, you can still get pretty good. You can do mm -hmm. pretty much everything. Have you have you done anything uh, fun or interesting uh, in the dabbling into this? Um, I did set up my 
I should do it again. Um, use my webcam to like green screen me out of the background and put me into a virtual set. That was kind of yeah. fun. Um, and it's like all running in real time. And I'm just like talking to it. And theoretically I could do that for like my camera here and just have, I'm sure there's a way I can get it to output to zoom. Oh, um, if nothing else, I could just OBS and just crop the frame. Yeah, I was like, uh, there was that there was that thing Matt was talking about um, that create it's like creates a virtual camera, but it's it's like a monitor. You can set it as like your monitor or something. Yeah, you can uh, do I'm that. Sure in OBS, set that up. But I don't know how to oh. output live from Unreal to another thing without oh, okay. using a Blackmagic card or uh, Maxwell thinks the other one. No, there's another camera manufacturer that makes SDI cameras with their own capture oh. cards. There's Blackmagic and someone else. Um, um, they, they both have um, uh, plugins available in the marketplace. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, you want to you talk about Microsoft Flight Simulator? Uh, I haven't played that. I should really... Same. Yeah. I keep thinking a... I need to get um, Xbox Game Pass, but I just uh. haven't. Like it's such a it's great neat. deal, but I just yeah. it looks cool. Um, I like I that. I've been impressed that they. Um, I'm impressed they have real time weather. So like the hurricane right now, you that. can like fly through that. Like that's insane. I I, I saw yeah. some news about that, and that is mind blowing. I yeah. didn't realize. That's cool. Like I knew that it was. Um, I knew that it was like a basically a one to one like simulation. I didn't mm-hmm. realize that it was. Uh, real time, essentially. Yeah. Uh, or, or, or it's, I'm sure it's a, a little bit delayed, but um, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. That it's like it's today, basically, yeah. and that's really cool. Um, oh, uh, Magwell, Magewell. I think that could be camera, it. I camera can't remember. Card? Yeah. Um, but so he um, on YouTube, he goes mm-hmm. on to say, um, "How did a game like that? Uh, how's a game like that made?" Oh, so. Yeah. Um, the world is basically satellite images that okay. are like already available. Um, and then the cities are, I mean, I'm assuming, I don't know this for sure. That's basically what um, like Google and Apple have done with their street view, how they like, is able to map um, real cities onto 3D by just using like LiDAR or whatever with the cars that drive oh, down sure. the roads. So it's probably the same thing. They probably bought the assets from someone else and then more than likely went in the artist to like clean up most of the cities and um, make sure that like the Statue of Liberty is shaped correctly and that kind of <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's the land is mostly um, satellite imagery that's not just like photos, but like actually capturing terrain elevations and heights and stuff oh, like sure. that. And yeah, then the, from the, there, it's pretty easy to populate trees or anything else you want to put in based on biomes and stuff. Yeah. I was going to say, I think the, the USGS uh, actually has a lot of that sort of thing publicly mm-hmm. available. Um, topographical yeah. maps and, and that sort of scanning and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's easy enough to go from that and then use some sort of tool to populate stuff into it yeah 
I mean, I don't want to say like, oh, it's easy, but like, <laughs> well, yeah. what it's been like 15 years between right. flight simulator yeah. games. Um, but it's not like they didn't have artists like making the entire world from scratch. <laughs> they use yeah tools to. Um, Imagine it was a uh, yeah some sort of cross team up with like Google and mm-hmm. and whatnot. They've I imagine they have a lot of that sort of data. Yeah. Because um, yeah, it's like the you know beaches and people. I've seen people like, hey, that's my house, and like yeah, flying over that kind of thing. So um, fly over Area Fifty One. You probably just it's just black yeah. for a bit, and then all of a sudden it's really blurry. Like hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be kind of funny. Uh, let's see. Oh, I'm I'm curious about what sort of resources that you have uh, found for, um, like, is there? So not you, you've mentioned like the the Facebook group, but um, mm-hmm. are, are there are there like, I imagine be, it being the internet, there must be. But like, have you found what have you found as far as like websites and tutorials and that sort of thing for like learning Unreal? Yeah, and Unreal um, and also just the video production side as well. So production side. Unreal actually has extremely good documentation for every for their game. Like it's very thorough, very well done. So they provide just tons of stuff. Okay. From there, um, if you look at the marketplace, um, which is part of the launcher for the game, mm-hmm. it's the exact same launcher. If you have like Fortnite, it's oh. It's the same launcher oh, to yeah. launch okay. Unreal Engine. It's all in there. Yeah. Um, but it's a separate marketplace for Unreal Engine versus... Like, but it's the same launcher. It's confusing. Okay. Um, but well, so it's, all, in, it's all in the Epic Game Store launcher, yep. but then there's a Unreal marketplace for like assets and things. Yep. Okay. That's different from their game store. Which makes sense. Um, yeah. So if you go into that, and then there's all sorts of sample scenes um there's stuff you could buy there's free texture packs there's all kinds of stuff to get you started um and then youtube just has like because it's so popular and so um easy to access it's always been free that like there's just tons of people have gotten into it and have put up tutorials for anything like I wanted to just make a, a little countdown timer on the screen so I knew how long I had left in my test pass. I'm like, okay, oh. uh, Unreal Engine countdown timer. And then like this whole list of YouTube videos popped up on like how to make a timer for your game and look it up and like, okay, cool. Put that in. Yeah, there's nice to learn Unreal. If you want to dive into it, there's a lot of resources available. It's pretty friendly to do and lots of communities, lots of, there's lots of stuff. It's much, much friendlier than a lot of other software packages. Right on. Okay, cool. So there you go. If you're, go on out there and make the next Fortnite. <laughs> or whatever your flavor may be. Uh, I'm, I am really excited, though, for to see more of what people do with this with this virtual production. Mm-hmm. Um, it, seems, it seems like the bar is, the barrier to entry, at least, is so low um mm-hmm. i'm actually a little surprised that we aren't seeing more already um given the state of the world and things that you know um people can't gather together and do big video productions and stuff i'm i'm curious what's been the hold up um 
was was just seeing more of this sort of thing mm-hmm. you know like people like um I, I i keep coming back to the early days of uh machinima right mm-hmm. the red versus blue early days and things like that 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 kind of stuff blew up and people were doing that stuff left and right left and right and um I'm just I'm a little surprised to not see more of that sort of thing going on and yeah. maybe I'm just not maybe I, I it think it's broken out yet or yeah I think we're on the verge of that there's already like I was telling you before a stream there's already companies setting up these virtual caves that you can rent out for if mm-hmm. anyone wants to do this but don't want to put the investment to make the LED walls um, so like we're starting to see that stuff come on the biggest thing is tracking camera movements because right now they're basically using like HTC Vive that's the main mm-hmm. one or other um, VR trackers to attach that to the camera to then control the camera in game to match, oh. make everything line up so that's the difficulty right now is it's most of the industry is kind of making it up as they're going along there's no like ah. this is the solution those things are right on the edge though there's people working on them. matt workman is making cine mm-hmm. tracer i think is what he calls yeah. it um that will be one of the first like packages to like get everything going and off the thing he won a um a grant from epic to oh, cool. um part of one of the epic maker grant recipients to actually make that um so like that stuff's kind of right around the corner to make it more like this is what you need this is how you do it it's ready to go um i see until that happens i think it's you need people that know how to make it work yeah yeah, that, that makes sense because it has it, the, the little bit, like especially the things that I've seen from Matt Workman. Um, it seems very kind of hacked together, mm-hmm. um, like weird weird combinations with. Um, oh, what was that old Xbox eyeball thing that they? Oh, had the done? Connect. That's it. Um, I've seen yeah. some weird connections with that as far as like motion capture and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, so I guess, yeah, I guess somebody's just going to have to step up and be like, okay, here's the cool little 3D tracking disc that you just attach yeah. to your camera. Um, so I, and speaking of hack together, I saw this virtual production demonstration where they had like live actors with mm-hmm. motion capture suits to translate to a, a 3D character. Uh-huh. But then also to capture facial animations. Currently, the only tool for that in Unreal is an iPhone. Oh, for some yeah. reason, which uh-huh. is hilarious considering their lawsuits with each other right now. Um, <laughs> so they have like, you know, the motion capture suit with all these spots all over it and stuff. And then this headset with these holes that come off that's holding an iPhone like, you know, like this far from their face to like capture oh. their facial animations. And it's so funny wow. looking. And But then the result <laughs> is they have a cinematographer with the iPad that's like moving the camera, the virtual camera around. Yeah. Capturing these real actors. And it's like all happening on screen in real time. And it's cool. But it's just so hacked together. It's funny. Yeah. But I mean, how creative, you know, yeah. um, I've seen I've seen demos of like the the face ID mm-hmm. LIDAR thing that they do. Or I'm not sure exactly what kind of tech they're using, but it is remarkably accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so it's just it's fun to see how people are, are taking all these little bits and pieces and, and smooshing yeah. them together to to get their get them where they're trying to go. For sure. <laughs> That's really neat. Um, 
All right, so we are a little over our hour. Is there anything else you want to point out or shout out or, or anything? Um, if you have, if you use virtual production or Unreal in any professional way, and there's something you want to see benchmarked, let me know either on my Twitter, KW Shipman, or um, I have a, a blog series on PJSystems.com that mm -hmm. you can follow along with what I'm doing. Um, feel free to comment on any of the articles, say, hey, you should do this or look at this or whatever. I am more yeah. than willing to take whatever information you got because we want to make sure that the benchmark covers how people are actually using the software for their industry. Yeah. And I need to know that information. Yeah. You you can help shape the future of the industry mm -hmm. by just telling us what you need. <laughs> Tell me what to do. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Well, cool. Thank you very much, uh, yeah. Kelly, for taking taking an hour plus out of your day to come join and talk about this cool stuff. I'm super excited to see the future of virtual production. I think it is it is going to be the coolest like marry marriage of of like gaming in a way and and also like cinematography. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm going to just be blown away by what people do with this it's going to be so cool and i'm really really stoked to see what what happens so i'm, uh, I'm waiting future. for i think it's gonna happen next is have two different actors on two different stages and they're comped together and it looks like they're in the same room together but one's in la the other one's in england and it's yeah the video oh. live that looks like they're sitting there it it's gonna be great uh that will be so cool um yes uh, it's just going to be a blast i'm very excited so thank you very much uh and mm -hmm. thank you as well audience for joining us today uh if you don't know we do this every wednesday and friday at 1 p.m pacific time uh wednesdays we bring industry experts on to talk about their work and what they do and how they do it and give tips and advice uh and then fridays we bring in a member of our labs team to kind of get a, a kind of take a step back and get more of a look at the cross between the hardware and the software and how we help people to um, solve their problems and get work mm -hmm. done. So mark your calendars, Wednesdays and Fridays, 1 p.m. Pacific time. Um, yeah, we'll see you then. Yeah.